0: All right, so we're we're continuing this series called, wait, that's in the New Testament, Finding Hope in the Smallest Epistles. My hope is, is that uh, as we kind of continue this journey, that you either in the moment preparing for what comes on the following Sunday or afterwards, you spend time in these small epistles. I, I think, I truly believe that there is some rich hope, wisdom, to be gained in these small epistles that we sometimes overlook because they're so tiny and uh, we just feel like, oh, we don't, I read it one time when I was in eighth grade, It's, it's good. But there really is some wonderful lessons to be learned in these small epistles. And I'm excited to have Becky with us today. So I'm gonna turn it over to you. Thanks.
1: Hello everyone, um, I am Becky Frazier. I've been here at Otter Creek for about uh, three weeks and uh, when, not three weeks, sorry, three years. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh. Uh, when we Patrick, catch him up. <laughs> <laughs> when Patrick uh, was looking for people to help teach classes, I have to admit, uh, I chose this uh, time slot based on the week. Uh, not on the topic. And so when I kind of dug into the scriptures, uh, it's a lot about suffering. Uh, the the last few chapters of 1 Peter are about suffering and the Christian life. Uh, and I know you're all just as excited as I am to talk about that. And, uh, and you know, it's a joyful topic always. So um, let's dive in. So if you um, if you were here last week um, with Amy Serdacchi, she kind of introduced us to 1 Peter um, and 1st Peter is written by the Apostle Peter. So one of uh, the, the 12 disciples, um, he wrote this church. It's a, an occasional letter, sort of. Um, so what that means is that, you know, like 1st Corinthians or Galatians, things like that, those are written to a specific church addressing specific issues. 1st uh, Peter, on the other hand, Um, is addressed to a group of churches in Asia Minor. So he says to all the churches in in this area uh, and then lists quite a few of of those uh, places. So this would have been circulating among many places in Asia Minor, which is today Turkey. Um, And so it's not quite as specific as maybe um, some of the things that we would find in uh, Romans or in 1 Corinthians that are just specific to those people but it is still an occasional letter. So that is something that we want to keep in mind when we're reading the epistles, any of the epistles in the New Testament, is that uh, um, we're reading someone else's mail. And that doesn't mean that there's nothing in there for us. Uh, It just means that that is the context that we need to read these through. That there are specific things going on in this time with these particular people uh, that were being addressed. And so that's helpful to know the context of what was going on uh, when we're reading and attempting to apply uh, these epistles to our lives. Um, so, um, I, I think that <clears throat> there's some really rich scripture here, and so I do want us to read um, quite a lot of this um, together, and uh, I really liked the way that Amy did this last week where uh, we started here and everybody read one verse, and we kind of snaked around the room. Uh, so we'll give everybody time to get out their phones or their Bibles and turn to First Peter, And we're actually going to start in uh, chapter 3, verse 8, because this is really where um, the discussion about suffering begins, and I think we're going to miss out on some good things if we we start in 4. So chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, And If you'll just go around the room, everybody read one verse uh, and then the next person just pick right up and read the next. If you don't want to read, that's absolutely fine. Just say pass or nudge the person next to you and let them know it'll be their turn to read. Uh, And with the AC on in here, it uh, is kind of loud, so make sure you're speaking up to speak over that so the people behind you and in front of you can hear you. So let's start in uh, chapter 3 verse 8 and we're going to go all the way almost to the end we're going to stop at the end of 11 because 12 and uh through 14 are just kind of final readings thanks for you know listening to my letter y'all all all right go
2: ahead finally all of you should be of one mind sympathize with each other love each other as brothers and sisters be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude don't repay evil for evil don't retaliate with insults when people insult you instead pay them back with a blessing that is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing for whoever would love life and see good days must keep the tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech
3: let him turn away from evil and do good let him seek peace and pursue it
2: for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better it is
3: God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing
2: evil. For Christ also suffered
3: once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, so that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. For those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently
0: in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water.
3: The well, white figure whereunto even baptism doth also now say this, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him.
2: If you approach those in the flesh, find yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin.
3: As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human <coughs> desires, but rather for the will of God. We uh,
0: spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry.
2: They are surprised that you not join them in the reckless, wild living, and the heap of peace on you.
0: But they will have to give account to him <laughs> who is ready to judge the living and the dead.
2: For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit.
0: The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers.
3: Above all, maintain past love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms.
0: If anyone speaks, they should do so <laughs> as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Than all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Can you say through eleven, or do you
1: want to keep going? Uh, no, oh, keep going. We're going to go through five eleven. No,
3: dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you.
0: Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world.
3: If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it should be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you
0: suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise the God that
3: bears that man. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and sinner? So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good.
0: To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory of the revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, Now looking over it to entrust you with being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory,
3: but will never fade away. In the same
2: way, you, are, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you,
3: clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the crowd and shows favor to, Humble to the younger. Humble yourselves the war under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on you, because He cares. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy of the devil. He falls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to develop. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because we know, you know, that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you
0: have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. to him be the power forever and ever. Amen.
1: So what, uh, just a few people, um, share some things that stood out to you. Maybe a theme or something that um, just kind of hit you that you resonated with. Just a few people share something that stood out.
2: Both on verse 11, it finished uh, with the glory and power being in God, mm-hmm. uh, not people, and finishing it off by saying, so yep. sort of like strengthening a point and then closing it off saying, no if, ands, or buts. Yeah. So.
1: Absolutely. What
0: else?
2: I um, like the rejection of selfishness. Like to make sure it's not for
3: you, for your gain. says mm-hmm. it over and over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
3: not <coughs> in it alone.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Suffering is the way the kingdom advances.
1: Yes, definitely. So, um, if you were here last week, um, you heard Amy say that this this is a good um, kind of synopsis of Christian life. Um, so, this, this letter um, opens up in um, chapters 1 and 2 with talking about who you are, you're a holy people, you're chosen, you've been uh, refined like gold, it's all of these great metaphors about who you are now that you have chosen to put on Christ in baptism. Um, And so starting um, at at this place in chapter 3 and then ending in 4 and 5, what we move from there is, okay, now what? This is who you are, now how do you behave? Um, and so part of, part of this, like we talked about last week, was uh, how we relate to one another um, in the body and in our uh, close relationships. And then the rest of it is how do we relate to um, the outside world, um, even a world that might be persecuting us. Um, so um, what do you guys think about um, what might be going on that would have spurred Peter to have written a letter like this? What does it sound like, just kind of based on... What's persecution to the Christians at the time? Yes, Christian persecution. Uh, so what most people think is, uh, or what most um, scholars that really study this time period think, is that this was before the great wave um, where Nero is going to come in and uh and, um, domination and, and just really... Um, Really wreak havoc and um, and start you know really persecuting Christians. I think that this might be a decade before that. So the persecution that's happening, some of it is physical, but it's not mass uh, waves of people being sent to um, the uh, arena. It's not people being um, you know tortured like they would be under Nero, things like that. Uh, it's mainly just this is how you are now living. Which has set you apart from the people around you. Um, your friends, your your Jewish friends uh, may long, may no longer want to associate with you. Your pagan friends, um, and I don't mean that derogatorily. I just mean people that that um, served the the gods of that area um, would would have. Uh, you know, you're no longer going with them to these festivals. You're no longer going with them to the temples. You're no longer participating in some of these social events. Um, And so you're kind of estranging yourself from friends and family and people in the workplace and in the marketplace. Uh, And so there were a lot of persecutions that were happening uh, just as far as the loss of people and um, maybe the lack of opportunities, um, job opportunities or, um, you know, May have been kicked out of your house with your family, or your your husband no longer wants to live with you. If you're a woman who, uh, or your you know your wife, things like this. And so, so the persecution that's happening seems to be um, more of a verbal nature, almost just just based on um, what we're reading here. Um, but what is what is some of Peter's advice about suffering? Fast, because, yeah,
2: suffering,
1: yeah suffering.
2: It helps your
1: faith. Yes. so to remain steadfast in the suffering <laughs> helps faith. Um, so I can imagine you know a lot of um, a lot of these Christians had heard these wonderful stories. Um, they, had, they had seen the apostles come into their town and share uh, share about some of the miracles they had performed, share about uh, what they had seen Jesus do, what they had heard from Jesus. Uh, maybe they had seen miracles performed on their friends and family right there in town. And I can see how that would be so exciting and you think, man, I really want to be a part of that. And then you become a part of this Christian sect that's happening and, and rapidly growing, and uh, you start to kind of change your life. Uh, and then suddenly things start to get worse. Uh, your family stops talking to you. Uh, you're suffering in some ways. Uh, and you might start asking yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is hard. Is it supposed to be this hard? Um, and what Peter is saying is, yes. Because when you suffer, you're sharing with Christ in suffering. Christ told us, he predicted that you're going to suffer. That doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. That doesn't mean you're far away from God. Uh, in fact, you're participating with Christ in this suffering. Um, so Peter is not belittling the suffering. He's not saying, oh, just get over it. Uh, and it's not necessarily some, we'll just hang on uh, and wait until we get to heaven and things will get better. Um, it, is, it is more along the lines of, there's a reason for all of this, um, or at least there is a hope for redemption in all of this, um, which I think would have been comforting to people in that situation. Um, So one of the the quotes that I have come across recently uh, is by Eugene Peterson, and it says, "'We don't become more spiritual by becoming less human.'" Um, And just let that sink in for a minute. We don't become more spiritual by becoming less human. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to want to um, shield ourselves from suffering, to build up you know, all of these safety nets for ourselves so that we do not suffer. Um, and unfortunately, suffering is part of the human condition. Um, and so if we try to live in the spiritual world, if we try to protect ourselves from suffering. We're not living fully into our humanity. Um, and we're going to miss out on something. That being said, suffering for the sake of suffering is ridiculous. So don't go out and start, you know, just looking for ways to suffer because that's not that's not what this is about. I don't think Jesus was calling people to just be miserable. He's simply saying uh, in the fallen world that we live in, the fallen world that we find ourselves in, uh, if you follow this way that leads to life, in the meantime, um, it will... It will eventually cause death in some ways um, and there's good news on the other end of that uh, and in the process as well but suffering is uh, is part of being human um, so I have a few questions that we're going to um, share with one another so just find a group of maybe three or four people around you uh, and we're going to talk for a couple of minutes about these questions and then be prepared Somebody from your group to share uh, kind of a, a thought or a synopsis or something uh, with the rest of us I think it's helpful to hear from everyone uh, we all have different experiences with suffering we all um, have been impacted differently and I think it's helpful to uh, one uh, I think in the churches sometimes we we tend to to tell people uh, that suffering is maybe bad, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be transparent. We don't want to be open. It's okay to suffer for a little while, but really, you should just get over it. You need to pray more. You need to, you know, get happy quickly. And so I think uh, I think we need to be okay with suffering. We need to be okay with lament and hearing one another's stories and hearing how people um, have been in those situations in the past might be helpful to all of us. So um, the first question is, why do Christians suffer? So, if you want to gather around three or four people and, and just share for the next maybe three or four minutes, what you think about why this is happening? All right. I hope you had some good
2: conversation. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Try to wrap
0: up. All right.
1: Go ahead and start, maybe in the back, one um, of the back groups back here, do y'all want to share um, what your thoughts were on why Christians suffer? Do you guys have the answer for us, the age old question? Why Christians suffer? Yeah, we, we pretty much solved it. Yeah, great! How <laughs> <laughs> so exciting! See
2: you guys later. Um, our original answer to the, the question was just because we're Christians are human. Okay. So humanity, like, being human is going to entail suffering. Yep. Um, Colton also talked about Robert Frost a lot, which is like kind of a, we're really, really into like deep stuff. Well. So um, uh, the, the idea that all all people are, are going to have to encounter this and the way that Christians encounter is important. Yeah. Cool. Uh, maybe this was in the back. Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit similarly, we said, you know, everyone suffers
0: because the world is fallen
1: and, mm-hmm. and evil exists. Um, we said, I, I think,
3: the emphasis on the word Christian is just how we react to suffering is what is different than others. Yeah. Could yeah. sure. be a group in the middle over here. We were just saying it
0: was mm-hmm. kind of a natural consequence of going against whatever, like, uh, the majority of people are doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then kind of as, uh, Ms. is kind of depending upon the, the way of how strong people feel.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe a group over here. Mm-hmm. Not everybody at once. <laughs> well, we kind of said mostly the same okay. as, as everyone else, but then also the added
2: nuance we were talking about. You know, sometimes as Christians, you just kind of find suffering mm-hmm. because you feel like you should be suffering or, or whatever, and so, you know, fighting that and... Yeah. Um, I don't know your name. Um, but Kimmy. Kenny um, Kenny made a really good point. Um he said we often suffer because our hearts are so big. Um, as Christians we find a lot of love and the more love that you mm-hmm. feel, yeah. the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he made a really good point on that one. <laughs> <you laughs> <it's> <laughs> Um okay, wow. I feel like we just kind of said that Christians suffer because um, because because we're called to be like set apart, that kind of um, allows us to go down this path where sometimes we struggle with um a kind of proactive suffering. Mm-hmm. Like instead of proactively suffering where we like get the lesson, we kind of allow ourselves to wallow more in it because we feel like Christ suffered. That's kind of what we're supposed to do, being vulnerable, um, and things like that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just to kind of summarize, and I, I think i heard um, all of these thoughts, uh, but I think that there's a few different categories of suffering, right? We kind of we need to narrow it down. Maybe we don't have enough words for, for suffering. Um, so, I think that there is just the the natural thing of, of things we live in a fallen world there is sickness there is um, disease there are weather patterns that are harmful there um, there is evil and malice in the world and there um, there are consequences to those things um, that hurt yourselves and other people um, you think of maybe someone who's an alcoholic of you know If they get cirrhosis that's sort of a natural consequence of drinking that much Um, and then the people around them are also impacted uh, not only by the sickness but by the behaviors that happen and uh, those can have generational impacts and so uh, there's the suffering because of fallen nature of the world and because of um people's choices or not people's choices just the way things are Uh, and then there's also christian suffering right um sort of a, a willingness um, to To choose the more difficult path uh, is the Robert Frost point we are talking about the two roads diverge uh, and I chose the one less traveled by um, that path isn't as wide right it's got some briars it's got some um, some places where you might stumble and fall um, that path might be a little bit difficult um, and there aren't quite as many people along the way helping us uh, as there might be on the other path and so I think um, part of being a Christian means being willing to be vulnerable and open yourself up to uh, the opportunity that you might have to suffer suffer for um, for your beliefs or standing up for what is right uh, and then as Kenny mentioned uh, we also suffer because uh, when you love other people you you hurt when they hurt um, and Christians suffer with other people we bear one another's burdens um, and so there is a, a broad spectrum of, of why Um, why we suffer. Um, And I do think that that Peter also points out the difference between suffering and Christian suffering, right? He says, you know, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or all of these. That's not the kind of suffering he's talking about. He's talking about if you're going to suffer, suffer for the good things. If you're going to suffer, if people are going to slander you, uh, at least be the person that you've been called to be. Um, If you're going to be persecuted, at least like make that person a liar for persecuting you. Um, make your life be an example of what um, Christianity, what Christ stood for um, if you are going to suffer. Um, so my next question is, um, what role does the good news or the gospel uh, play in the midst of suffering? So just discuss among yourselves and we'll take four or five minutes for that and then we'll share it again. So what role does the gospel, the good news, play in the midst of suffering. Alright, All right. so hopefully you guys had some good conversation. Alright, we'll we'll pick on this group first this time and go around backwards. So um, what role do you think the gospel has in the middle of, uh, of suffering? I have an
3: answer. <laughs> well, we talked about how um, the gospel is three parts, um, two parts suffering, the death, burial, and the third part the resurrection, huh. and part of which is that life seems bad now, but we will eventually be on the other side, and we will looking back at it, and it would be, be great, it would hmm. be bad. Um, the metaphor that we used was that we are in the womb right now, and Die yeah, would be born yeah. on the other side, yeah. which means
1: that life is one giant pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that metaphor though. I
3: like that in the dream. That's great. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the hope that good news brings, and then you know, we also talked about you use the word you meant, like, sometimes there's just Life is hard and it's not fair and not throwing good news good I think I I say the trite things, I may be speaking to myself yeah. here, but not throwing out the trite things mm-hmm. to lift them up. Yeah. To let them grieve, to let them lament. Mm-hmm. Because it is hard and sad sometimes. That's, That's, so That's a great point.
2: You guys? Okay.
3: Me again. <laughs> um, you representative. I like yeah, yeah, but, um, The thing we also kind of talked about is upon the description of the time of suffering, it kind of also has to be like your purpose for hmm. it as well. It can't just be like a light at the of the tunnel. It also has to be a reason why you're going through the act of
1: Say more about that.
3: Well, I mean, like, if people ask you, like, why are you going to do this? I mean, it's like, you can't just be like, well, I can't just, like, you know, it's got to be like, that is why, like, I am experiencing this because I see the biblical picture.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that if it's, uh, that, you know, the the good news that Jesus proclaimed was good news right then and there and good news later. So if it's only good news... Down the road, and it's not impacting you right now. Even in the midst of the suffering, if it's not still good news, that's not really very good news, is it? Um, you guys? Um. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I. Go for it. We just basically talked about how.
2: Well, she made about how like Jesus came in human form and suffered mm-hmm. and lived that life and you know, died so that we wouldn't have to suffer, but it also gives us hope t- to right. know that we can do it. Right. And I think that
3: was just really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he suffered so we don't have to, but he suffered and showed us how,
1: right. you know, so we are able to, right. but also we don't have to. You know, there's that right, the both sides. To absolutely. Uh, and I think, um, what do you mean by we don't have to? Well, in certain, you know, we're free yeah. from our sins. We're free gotcha. from, you know, yeah. Yeah.
3: and those kind of things. He suffered and died for us mm-hmm. so that we wouldn't have to sur- suffer in certain ways. Right. And kind of what we talked about last for the last question is, you don't have to, like, wallow in it yeah. because we are free from it. Absolutely. But at the, same se- at the same time, he gave us the example of suffering and how to do it in grace and in hope and all these things so that if we're in a time of suffering... Hopefully we can look to that example yeah. and see that we can make it through because of the good news of Jesus and because he has, he has done it yeah. as the example. Absolutely. And as a combination. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 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 right.
1: One more.
2: Anyone back here? Sure.
1: So one of the things I want us to um, keep in mind um, as you're reading First Peter, maybe if you go home this week and read it, it's, it's pretty short, um, so you would be able to finish it in maybe an hour. Um, is you have to hold First Peter in tension with the rest of the Gospels, with the rest of the epistles, with the prophets. Um, I think sometimes it's easy to read First Peter and think uh, it. it I know for a fact First Peter has been used uh, as a tool by which to keep uh, people in abusive relationships, to uh, tell people, oh, you know, keep on suffering. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's good for you to suffer. Um, it has led to oppression and uh, perpetuating violence, and that is not what the good news is about whatsoever. Um, and so I think that we have to keep in mind that, we're, that this is an occasional letter to people who were a minority people under the boot heel of the Roman Empire, right? So if we try to um, apply this to our status today as a people that live in a democracy and have a voice and uh, maybe are um, comparable with maybe the Roman citizens in that first century time, uh, rather than the people uh, that were oppressed by that government, Um, then we're going to be reading this uh, maybe in a way that would be unhealthy for our situation. Um, Because this does not mean just suffer and never speak up. Just stay in that bad relationship. Um, Just suffer for the sake of suffering because Jesus suffered and it's good to suffer. Um, Suffering is going to happen. Um, And... Um, as Christians um, we look around the world and we try to ease suffering uh, in ourselves and other people uh, in the world uh, and we have a great source uh, in the prophets in the gospels in the other epistles that show us how to do that um, and I think that first Peter let's let's not get rid of it it's 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 necessary as well, because I think sometimes we need to hear, other Jesus suffered, other people have suffered, other people in this room have suffered, um, and that's okay, and there's a way through it, and there's a hope on the other side of it, and even perhaps in the midst of it. So I just want us to remember to hold that intention uh, as you read it and uh, look at it as a meta narrative instead of little chunks. Paul
0: so. gives us great advice about that. He says because of the things we have suffered, uh, we can have the compassion and the wisdom to know how to help others.
1: Or Absolutely. Absolutely. Make it redemptive. That's a great redemptive.
0: point. That's a great point. Well, blessings to you all. Thank you for uh, your discussion and uh, I hope you have a Oh sorry. Oh wait, before we go, uh, give Becky just give her a round of applause. Okay. Beautiful job. Uh, also next week we'll be back in here. We'll be in 2 Peter. Gail is gonna eat. It's gonna be awesome. So make sure to read second Peter. Read first Peter. We'll see you next week. Get a donut before you go.